Welcome to your new favorite podcast, OMLS, with your host, Aryaman Varma. Here, Aryaman chats with religious leaders, economists, and modern philosophers to help shine a light on the dark corners of economics and religion. So without any further ado, let's kick off this episode. Welcome to OMLAS. Today we have a very special guest joining us who brings a unique perspective to the topic of mental health. Not only is he a dedicated French teacher, but he also finds solace in the world of sports and draws inspiration from the art of poetry. Please join me in extending a warm welcome to Dr. Tim Beard. We're thrilled to have you here to share your insights on how language, sports and poetry intersect with mental well-being. To begin, how do you think learning a new language like French can impact mental well-being? I think it has a, I think it has a very, very positive impact in that when you open your eyes or your eyes open to other ways of doing things and other ways of seeing the world, that helps you to have a, a perspective, you know, a really good perspective of the fact that any situation that you might find yourself in isn't necessarily the, the only way things have to be. So it gives you that sense that there are different ways of doing things and, and uh, different possibilities of ways of reacting to things. And so you don't have to be trapped in where you are because you know that there's always different ways of doing things. Sure. Um, and can you share any personal experiences or observations of how engaging in sports has positively influenced mental health? Yeah, I think the, the engaging in, in sport, there, there's loads of research that shows that basically what you need to do is to, if you're outside with your friends taking exercise, you've got about three good things going on. And so, so it's, it's the best way to do it. And of course, the relationships that you build through sport can also be really important for your, for your well-being and that you have people that you can trust because you've been through difficult, albeit they might be artificial situations with them, but difficult situations and you've been through joyful situations as well. And so you've, you've got people that you've shared a whole range of emotions with one way or another. Uh, and, and that can be, that is really helps your, your sense of who you are and where you stand in that, in that team or that club or that you know, wider village of things. Uh, and that's where sports come into it. Quite apart from just that, you know, just the, the, the health aspects of it, of, of, of being committed to something and getting out there, cardiovascular, that sort of thing. Sure. And, w- and what did the statistics say about it? How encouraging are the stats? Well, the stats, the stats is more, it's more research. The research is, is, is very, very encouraging that actually that, uh, as one of the things that the best things you can do is be outside with your friends. That doesn't have to be an organized activity. It doesn't have to be a sport with rules and codes and etiquettes. You don't have to actually play golf. You could just walk around the golf course and has the same well-being effect. Uh, being outside in nature with someone else that you can share it with, uh, that has definitely been shown to have a, a massively beneficial effect on your on your well-being and your mental health. Right. And... Um... I know that poetry is something that you're very passionate about. How do you think writing or even appreciating poetry can um, contribute to mental well-being and reduce stress levels? Um, well, I have to say that I, I took to poetry uh, and I was, I was talking to someone and they, they suggested that a very good thing to do is was to have a hobby where you didn't 
mind whether you were any good at it or not. <laughs> so, so, so poetry uh, was one of those things where it was, a it's very difficult to tell if a poem's good just to begin with. But b you can write twenty five poems and decide that you like one line of yeah. the poem, and you you uh, it's, it's rather like taking photographs. You could take you know, take 40 photographs. You don't have to keep any of them. Sure. sure. So that's how I got into it. And then I found that actually I really enjoyed, it's kind of um, meditative in some ways. You just sit there with a piece of paper and a, and a couple of ideas and, and you just let your mind wander. And because the links don't have to be logical or particularly right. make sense at first glance, you, you can, you can go off in unexpected directions and surprise yourself and, uh, uh, getting, t going from there to actually performing poetry in public is a very big step, which right. I haven't taken very often. Uh, but just leaving it there on the page uh, is is a, a nice way of of sharing things. That's um, yeah. and also the other thing with poetry is reading poetry is so is so calming and meditative that you you read surprising things and surprising yeah. mixes of words, uh, and uh, and that and that also that also can help to kind of keep you keep you fresh mentally and keep give you a good perspective so that's that's very interesting and how often do you think you would write uh, uh poems so how often do you write them um well i would i would certainly read poems every day because i've tried to organize my twitter feed uh so that i get lots of poets and uh, and good things so I, I would read a rather random selection of poems uh uh each day and then sometimes I might have a collection of uh, poems to read. There's a very good uh, poet, uh, Zafar Kunyal. I'm reading his collection, Us, and I'm just really enjoying dipping into that and dipping out of it. Um, actually writing poems, I might have something in my head most days of things. There's something going around my head about winning the lottery at the moment uh, and, uh, and being grateful not to have won the lottery because of all the, um, all the other things that happen at the same level of uh, statistics as winning the lottery all really bad things like being you know eaten by dinosaurs or struck by a meteorite or something uh, so that's a little idea i'm just just going around so you just have those things in your head sure uh, yeah and and when you're writing these poems do you like resonate more with poems that rhyme like what kind of poems do you enjoy writing the most uh no they just they, they tend to just come out the way they come out and then and then yeah, but it's, that's one of the, the bits I enjoy the most is the kind of rewriting. And you look at them and you play around with, do you think this might rhyme? This might, this one doesn't need to rhyme more, especially where the line breaks are. It's kind of a mysterious thing about how line breaks work. But if you just move them around or you punctuate things differently, you can put a whole load of space and air into your poetry, which, which can make it, you know, can make it nicer, can make it, sometimes it makes it heavier and that might be what you what you want to do sure and um this this is quite relevant but the question is especially in the sort of situation scenarios between poetry and mental health what are some effective ways to destigmatize conversations around mental health and poetry etc in educational settings um i think it's, it's important to be honest about the things that have that have happened to you in your own life and i think it's important not to hide behind things if you've had some mental health situations they're just health situations if someone you know breaks their leg they don't hide that away they don't you know you can and you can 
you know, you often turn that into some kind of, you know, funny anecdote and things. Sure, sure. And I think there's also, there's also just a kind of habit, especially in an educational context, to kind of have a habit of checking in with people, if you like, of just saying, how are you today? Or, you know, what do you feel your score is out of 10 today? And someone might say to you, oh, I'm a seven. You go, oh, great. Yeah. Well, I was thinking maybe you're a bit five. You looked a bit low earlier. And just to have right. one or two little techniques to just to start conversations yeah so yeah. so yeah that makes sense and you obviously gave the analogy of the broken leg etc um and what why is that why do you think that mental health and talk about mental health issues is so different to having a physical injury i think there was a lot of misunderstanding about mental health in the past uh, and an awful lot of uh, social stigma that was a, a, attached to it uh, and which has taken a very long time to to overcome and to and to and to move aside. Um, and I don't quite know why that was. Perhaps it's because people didn't really understand what was going on. And now we understand much better from a physiological level uh, yeah. what's happening in people's brains in those situations. And um, uh, yeah, sorry, go go for it. Sorry, keep going. Um, and 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 so those those social stigmas have taken a long time, and they in different different societies uh, uh they 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 come and go in different in, in in different ways and at a different speed i think we've gone a long way in anglo-saxon western society in the in the last 20 years in destigmatizing uh, mental sure. health and in fact there's some evidence uh these days that things are getting better amongst children that the children are there was a there was a kind of pandemic during the pandemic of mental health things but now it, there's some evidence that seems to be actually getting better as people talk about it more and it just becomes a, a a more normal thing to 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 accept that this is just something that happens to people and are there any mindfulness techniques that you find uh, particularly beneficial for students' mental health um and how sort of easy and applicable are they uh, can they be integrated into students' daily routines or etc yeah, I think that's that's a good question in that, you know, what can what how do you make a new good habit? Actually, you just have to keep doing it over and over again and remind yourself and so on. But one of the things that uh, I think is very powerful for people to do and that I, I try to do is to have a gratitude journal and just to, to just keep in your mind. You know, here are the three things, three things that I really enjoy doing today or three things that I that that, that were great. Or you know, I went to the river with the dog and I saw a heron. Just that kind of just making sure that you you are you know, in touch with the good things that are happening to you, as well as the kind of inevitable, more difficult things. Yeah, that's that's amazing. That's very fascinating. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I think I'm going to start a uh, gratitude journal after this now. Um, but yeah. So, I mean, do you so every every night, each night before you go to bed, you write down three things that you were grateful for? Um, yeah, I tried to think about them rather than write them down. Although I did, I did write them down for a, for a while, and I realised that they were that they 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 repeated themselves. Right. Uh, so you know, you can be obviously you know grateful if you have a nice positive interaction with with a member of your family, or, or sure. just something nice that happens during the day. Or so yeah, someone phones you up, or you phone someone up as well. That's the other thing is you can you you can actually be kind of. Uh, grateful for the things that you've done to help yourself to actually look after yourself and yeah on, on that note of phoning someone up um on that idea 
do you think that people, when they help others and when they make others feel better, they, they sort of, it's like a reciprocal effect because they inevitably feel bad as well? Um, yeah, I think when you, there's, there's, um, there, there's research that shows that volunteering is very positive for, uh, people's well-being and, and their mental state that actually just getting outside yourself and seeing and helping other people is, is very positive. Um, and there are, that, that, that's one of the things that is, that is, that, that in a, in a, you know, mentally positive world that people should be available to each other and helping each other out. Um, so yeah, I think there, there, there is that element of, of volunteering is very, very good thing to do. Right. And, um, an interesting question. If you were sort of in charge of Eton, um, and, yeah, if you were, if you were essentially the headmaster, what would you sort of add or change to Eton's program in order to make it a more or a less stressful and a more uh, mentally positive uh, environment? Uh, well, the first thing I'd do is to make it compulsory to eat five or even seven portions of uh, vegetables and fruit every single day so that people were well fed and were healthily fed and would getting themselves the eating habits for the rest of their life then i think i might have a look at sleep patterns as well sure so that's so that's you if you've got your nutrition and your sleep patterns in place it makes it a whole lot easier to, right. to deal with the world so i think that's the way that i would start um doing that i think that you can deal with stresses if you if you have good healthy patterns and uh, and I think nutrition in particular is an area that I would look at and say, well, OK, look, here we are, you guys. Look, we're asking you to run around all day long. We're asking you to learn all this stuff. And then basically we don't seem to mind if you don't eat anything but pizza well, and chips. Yeah. Uh, and that's and that's that's not good. That's not healthy. Sure. Uh, yeah, that's quite interesting. It's quite that's yeah, two fundamental things, nutrition and sleep. And on the note of yeah. sleep, uh, what so do you think like obviously social media, um, it's negative, I guess. Um, but what do you think, like, can social media be beneficial for mental health? I think it can be because it can be a way of reaching out to people and it can be a way of, and it can be a way of connecting with people as well. And so, so it's, uh, it can be, I think it can be very beneficial for mental health because the, from, from those point in, in those, in those aspects. That uh, is a way of reaching out to people. Of course, if you have a kind of like a media pylon or something, social media pylon, that's absolutely terrible. Right. Uh, and when people misuse, so there are definitely positive benefits to it. Yeah. Um, sure. And uh, on the note of French, could you suggest some French literature or authors who explore mental health in effective ways? Uh, no, I can't. I had a good think about that actually, and uh, I, and I don't. I haven't really come across uh, any. There are obviously novels in which you know, mental health plays a part, um, uh, or in the characters you may have the situations like that. But it kind of just straight up things. Uh, um, I, I couldn't think of anything, um, but I could certainly have a uh, general recommendation that you know, French literature is generally uh, good for you, and that there are. There are some wonderful books uh, and some wonderful uh, cartoons and so on to, to be read. Not always in French, you could read them in translation, or you could read just the things you'd normally read, but read those in, in, in French instead.
Uh, and yeah, and why is that such a valuable experience for students? I think it's, uh, it goes back to what I said at the very beginning, that it opens their eyes to the world and to different ways of doing things. And and also to the idea that a, a monoculture isn't necessarily a healthy thing mentally and isn't necessarily a good thing just to think that there's only one way of doing things and only one way of going about things. It, that's that's not very helpful to you um, because you end up feeling trapped and, 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 and overwhelmed by life rather than realizing that there are lots of different ways of going about things and that you do have actually you do have choices and, and options sure and um as a teacher what advice would you give to students who are struggling with academic pressures how would you reduce their stress um i think the the one thing the the the, the one massive thing that you have to do is to, is to is to ask for help and to realize that a there is help and b people are very happy to give that help uh, it can be it can be the hardest thing to do to actually accept that you, you're struggling, um, and but it, that is the that is the I think that's the most important thing that you realise, especially in an educational setting, that you do have a support network around you, whether that's formal in terms of tutors and, and housemasters and so on, or whether it's informal that we can just talk to your friends. I think that that's the that is the first step to take, and that's the. Uh, that's that's really important to to do that, um, and that, and that and that you know we support each other as a community, um, uh, whether that's just boys helping each other out or whether we do that more formally as adults. Sure, and um, I completely agree that the majority of mental health issues uh, and the reasons why they become so severe is because it's a lack of people asking for help. So how yeah. how would you you know create a classroom environment that promotes positive mental health? And encouraging and encourages boys to actually ask for help. How do you get people to ask for help? I think you have to have a a, um, a classroom. They 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 is is very easy to say uh, a safe space. Sure. It's slightly more difficult to put it quite into concrete terms what that actually means because it can't be a situation where it's just all right to say anything, but it it, it has to be a, a space where where it's all right to be yourself uh, and where it's all right to, to ask questions about things you don't understand, where it's all right to, to, to show vulnerability. And I think that's the, that's the important bit in, in a safe space, in an educational context where you're trying to learn something. You, of course, you're not going to get everything first time. And of course, you're not always going to uh, you know, uh, succeed to 100 percent. So you need to have that. You need to have that space where it's OK. To, to get things wrong and it's okay to ask questions and okay to say I don't quite understand or I don't know what's going on. Uh, I think that's that's what I would mean by a you know by a, a positive a, a healthy learning space in the classroom. And at your time um, thus far at Eton, have you has a, has a boy ever approached you um, and and reached out to you for help? Has that ever happened yet? Yeah, yeah, that that's happens. Um, that happens. You know, that happens has has happened a, a few times. Um, and in those situations, if you're not a, a professional, uh, then then you just you know, point people in the in the right directions uh, for for some more serious help. And in fact, I did a mental health first aid course um, a couple of months ago, and that is that was one of the main aspects of it was that as a mental health first aider. 
what you actually do is you just point people in the right directions right. When, when you when when you have a conversation with them and and you say right okay well this is you could go here you could go to talk to these people and here are your here are the options here are the things you can do um, and you don't yourself actually do um, anything in, in particular to to then you alleviate the situation by pointing people in the right direction or helping them or going with them or, or, or whatever it is rather than doing any kind of diagnostic stuff yourself yeah that's that's quite encouraging to hear that boys are actually reaching out now to to teachers about this so that's that's um i mean how do you feel when boys reach out like obviously there's that there's an issue with the boy but do you feel that sense of happiness that he's reached out to you in particular um no i think you 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 what you you feel is a kind of sense of responsibility to 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 help someone out in that situation uh and and also to make it clear to them that it's okay it's that's it's it's that is it's, it's part of human experience to have ups and downs in your life and it's not a it's not a terrible catastrophic uh end of the world um sort of situation and that you know people do have ups and downs sure uh, in that mental health and and sometimes sometimes those things can be quite serious and need some quite serious interventions from professionals but that those professionals are there and they they do help it does work yeah yeah that's um, that's interesting and is there a particular poem or piece of writing that resonates with you personally in terms of um your journey with mental well-being um one of the things i like to do most another thing that i'd like to do which um uh i don't really worry about the um quality of it um and whether it's any good or not is i just love to sing along to the songs that i listened to when i was younger and and remember the the situations in in which you heard those songs so there's a whole raft of songs that take me back to very happy parties at university time which i just love to sing along to uh, and they that those are they they make me feel very happy to remember those happy times sure and that's actually interesting because from what i've read um especially with my sports um you know sports psychologists encourage me to listen to when, when i to listen to music it's a good thing but not just to listen to it but to actually listen to the lyrics um mm. is that is that something that you'd consider effective as well yes i think that's i think in the 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 when it comes to sports psychology there's all sorts of ways of improving your mental performance uh in sport uh and you you actually like many of these things you have to work out what works for you as an individual uh, for some people it works to become more intense and for some people it works to become less intense for some people it works to to leave everything to their instincts for some people it works for them to think everything through all the time so you have to work out your own style with that and actually those sports psychology professionals are very good at helping people to find their own style uh, rather than you know, imposing a particular way of doing things sure and um finally what would be the one piece of advice that you'd give um to our listeners uh for them to take away from this conversation yeah you have to talk to your friends you have to reach out to your friends if you're if you're feeling bad that's 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 what i would say and don't be scared to do that because uh but that's what that's what friends are for uh, and that's and and that's that if you are feeling feeling bad or if sometimes if you're feeling good you can share that as well um but not to be not to be scared of sharing your emotions uh and and that's yes that's what i would say is, is to 
make very good use of your friends uh, in that sense. Sure. Thank you very much. That was an incredibly insightful conversation with Dr. Tim Beard. We hope you found his perspectives on mental health, language learning, sports and poetry as enlightening as we did. Remember, mental health is a journey and there are countless ways to find strength and support. And to our listeners, please feel free to visit out our website at omelas.podbean.com. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Omelas podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. That helps others find the show, and we greatly appreciate it. Once again, thank you for listening, and we'll catch you in the next episode.